The Mojave Desert is no stranger to high strangeness. A number of qualities lend the area no small amount of mystique to both the casual observer and the seasoned scientist. One of its most famous denizens is the Joshua Tree, an iconic plant species native only to that specific region of the world. The area of the Kelso Dune Field is known for its singing dunes which produce an eerie sound at 105 decibels. The wide open vistas and rugged landscapes which are often said to provoke a sensation of both spiritual wholeness as well as supreme isolation have drawn visitors and residents to the high desert for decades. But it's not just the natural oddities that are a draw to the remote communities of the Mojave. Set in San Bernardino County is a large, white, domed structure that could easily be misidentified as a UFO. The impressive building is not a planetarium or an observatory, but it was allegedly built with the idea of becoming a mechanism in which a human could extend their average lifespans on principles handed down from extraterrestrial visitors. This case file joined the theorists as they drop in on the long-lost cousin of the randomatron known as the Integratron. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, Case File 252, The Integratron. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Um, before we even get going here, a lot of people may not know uh, what the Integratron is, but we actually lo- took a lot of the concepts and put the Integratron uh, plans into the making of the Randomatron. Um, furthermore, you know, uh, our resident expert, Andrew, why don't you, why don't you give us a quick rundown? Just on a quick the, synopsis. On the Integratron? Yeah. Oh, Brain, right. Brain's just trying to get out of the quick, uh, quick, wow. uh, us, us, uh, saying, uh, oh, you did, you had nothing inconvenience, inconveniencing you this week. You could show up. <laughs> me having nothing inconvenience? No, Brain. What I have Oh, no, uh, he's just no, trying to put me on the spot. No like, guess. Oh, sorry. No, sorry, you, sorry. Little do you fucking know. Uh, yes, I, know I was inconvenienced. Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Okay. Yes, I was inconvenienced last week for one for one case file. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. And I will not let I would never, I would never stoop so low to allow an inconvenience to make me miss three or more episodes. Ever. Never. What about a vacation? Ever. <laughs> yes. Never. Never. This, never. This is not an inconvenience <laughs> to me, what's coming up. No, what do you mean? It's a vacation. How is that a fucking inconvenience? (laughs) Not someone sleeping on the floor of your uh, computer room. Yeah, this was all. The room looks great now because there's nothing in it because there was an air mattress before, as it held uh, Mama and Papa conspiracy for double wide. Yeah, good old air mattress. Good visit. I was gonna put him in a tent outside, (laughs) but uh, you put it should put him in the fucking yeah your trailer. trailer. It's not done. They don't need any walls. It's do not they? done yet. <laughs> no. What about do you don't have a spare catio or something like that? You could have pimped out for him? <laughs> I probably could have whipped up a catio pretty quick. I can make yeah. those in a day. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
Um, Andrew, give us a rundown on the Integratron. I know you're an expert on I'm, I'm, uh, all I, this You keep stuff. putting me on the spot because you think I don't know, but I do know. He knows. <laughs> yeah, Integ- Integratron? He's the most moral and honest of all the Autobots. Yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> right? true. Yeah. Okay. It checks out. Yeah. No, listen. I'll be honest with you. I fucked up pretty bad. It's super embarrassing. So... <laughs> I looked at I looked at Dan's notes and I always want to like Dan Dan makes great notes, but I like to like try and bring a little bit of something extra to the fucking to the to the case file every once in a while. Maybe some notes he hasn't seen yet, anything, whatever. So I look at I looked at the fucking poll. I'm like, oh, okay, right on. Uh integration. Uh <laughs> integration of what? Um and I sat there and I'm like, integration of aliens. So I put in integration of aliens, integration of like cryptids. And then I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I know what the fuck's going to happen is I'm going to like, so boys, like, what do you mean integration? Like, Dan, like, what are you talking about? And I knew Dan's going to be like, well, like, it's the integration of the intergalactic alliance and the homeostasis between juxtaposition <laughs> and flux capacitors. Oh, man, and that I, sounds just like It would have made me feel like an asshole. So I'm like, I'm not going to ask him. So I just, I looked up integration and everything. And then today... I have a pop up in the notes. It's like, I better know the notes. You know, I should do a quick breeze and just not have my own notes. Yeah. Integratron. That's a, that's not a integration. Not a <laughs> Dyslex, dyslexia strikes again. So wait, you don't, you don't want to give us a, a quick three minute rundown of integration. <laughs> you want me to? Yeah. Kinda, there's actually I kind of do. There's the thing. I, I typed in. I mean, you did the work. You did the work. You might as well. <laughs> I searched my ass off the integration because I was like, I was like the integration aliens, the integration conspiracy, the integration UFO, the integration fucking, you know, because I'm like, what the well, fuck now is you're, that come Now out? you're an expert in integration. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be like something like that. That's like the big integration, you know, like watch out. <laughs> Some big event you missed. <laughs> the integration. Yeah, I know that's, yeah. So anyways, fucking dipshit, right? I'm like, uh, fuck. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Though. That's a, that's an interesting. Maybe we'll talk. Hey, that's save a different those case notes. file. Those yeah. will not the go to waste because we got a power hour coming up tomorrow. So we'll talk all about <laughs> the integration. Perfect. Of cryptids, <laughs> conspiracies, aliens, aliens, UFOs, you name it. You name it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever can be integrated. Pretty good. What, integrated. We'll, we will discuss. Whatever it can be integrated hour. will be integrated, and we will talk about it. Mm. This one. This one's fascinating, and. Th- this one is an interesting one for me because um, the creator, um, George Van Tassel, he says that he got these plans. First, he was, you know, had telepathic communications that someone gave him plans. And I know someone, I know someone who has shown me designs. And they said, you're in the aliens? Well, hope you don't <laughs> judge this. They've talked to me in my dreams and they've given me the designs for this. And this person's drawn them up. And you know like, how they gave them those? Through integration. Integration. And he goes, he's like, I don't quite know what it's for. He's like, I think it's some sort of drive, but I've only ever been given bits and pieces of it. And I know it's unfinished, but I think it's for some sort of drive that I've been getting these plans for. So it's interesting when you, when I see a case like this where someone else has been like, I was given plans and then this person actually acted on it and started designing something based on these plans. So it's kind of fascinating that, you know, I've met someone who said, you know, before I looked into this case, who says the same thing. He's been contacted with plans and he, he gets them, you know, every so, every couple of years he gets a new piece. Did you meet this guy fucking 
sitting outside a 7-Eleven with a cardboard fucking sign and I can cops <laughs> at you. <laughs> I have access. No, no, this guy's, a, he's an actual beauty. Well, uh, hey, I, I, the I have access to him. I could phone him. I could phone him right now. Like we're, we're on. Uh, maybe, maybe an after well, hours. Maybe an after <laughs> hours. <laughs> Give him a show. Um, but get him to talk about it. Cause he's, and he, listen, this guy knows everything that we think we know if we think we're subject matters on all subject matter experts on all this stuff, this guy blows us out of the water. I've never, he knows even. everything about everything. Well, I wonder what he knows about integration. Maybe not, a lot. <laughs> not as much as me. <laughs> but anyways, let's get in the Integratron. The Integratron. Uh, yeah. So out in the unincorporated community of Landers in the high desert region of the Mojave Desert in San Bernardino County, Calif- Southern California, there is a large circular wooden two-story hemispherical umbrella dome structure that was built by, uh, as Braden mentioned, one George Van Tassel, in, which started construction on it. That's a name for show business, boys. George Van, Van Tassel. Tassel. Yeah, oh, and listen, Tassel. if you... If you ever listen to this guy talk, he has like, he has like a 1950s narrator voice. Zero pizzazz. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It is remarked that he was a very, he was a very personable and a very uh, uh, friendly person. Like it's, you know, to get this stuff out of there, like pretty normal guy from all descriptions. Like he's a, a forceful personality, but you know, made people, you know, I, well, we'll get into it, but like, so, um, as for his past, so George Van Tassel was from Ohio and he moved to Southern California in 1930 at the age of 20 uh, to work in some of the uh, aviation industries that were beginning to proliferate, you know, post, uh, post-World post War II and all those, like during World War II and all those. Um, and so Van Tassel ended up working for Douglas Aircraft until 1941. Uh, then he ended up moving over to Howard Hughes, the legendary Howard Hughes. Oh, uh, that awesome. Howard Hughes. <laughs> old Piss Jugs himself. Old, old Piss Jugs Spruce <laughs> Mr. Fingernails. <laughs> um, and he actually, you know, it, it said that he ended up, uh, you know, his the final leg of his aviation career was done at Lockheed Skunk Works in Burbank, California. So was he like nah. a engineer, like building the craft, or what? What was his capacity at working on aircraft? I he look. was just working on stuff, and I think he he claims that he worked on some pretty pretty interesting things. Like he was putting this stuff together, and you know, working out with engineers and and those uh, those kinds of guys. So, we, what um, was his title? Like, what what did he? I'm do not though? sure exactly. Yeah, what I couldn't really find it. Yeah, what yeah. exactly he was? He was just part of the projects. Yeah, I mean, secret, he could have been put. He could have been fucking putting bolts in the in the planes. Like, could have just put his job screws. was cleaning cleaning up all. Howard's piss joke. Sanded down yeah. the screws. He's like, piss joke just do that, you know, smoothing out the <laughs> yeah. screws and whatever. Um, he, was, but, he was in charge of chucking them over the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> I, but he made enough, he made enough or at least a good chunk of change because he eventually applied to the Bureau of Land Management for a permit to operate an airport on 2,600 acres of public land in 1945. Um, it, it, <laughs> so he has this airport and he talks about this in an interview and he talks about, when I talk about airport, I'm not talking like, it's not, I, it's just a long stretch it's of a landing out strip. in the middle of the desert. That's <laughs> what it is. No baggage claims. <laughs> no baggage claims. No phone. The closest phone, apparently, as he said, his, his closest phone to the airport was like 14 miles away. Like there's no phone oh. at this airport. And he gets asked, like, uh, I was watching oh, it's one for dr- It's for like, drug like, smugglers like, hey, only. So how do people land their plane at your airport? He's like, oh, they just land. And then they just call 
or something. Like they just land there. I'm like, what, who, what, what plane is just like, I'm going to land at this random ass airport out in the middle of the desert. I don't. Uh, they, the 1940s were wild, man. Drug like, smugglers. The pies, Dan. The pies. <laughs> uh, I just, I just imagine that's like, you know, it's like those days of like driving down the highway and all this stuff. And it's like, people just had their own planes and were just flying around and just, yeah, you know, that airport looks nice. Let me just, let me just put down yeah. there for a little bit, get a bite to eat. And I was like, I go and I don't share know if that's a how it cigarette. Works. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, um, in 1947, George and his wife and his whole family of, uh, the, uh, his wife and his three daughters moved to, uh, what is known as giant rock and they began running this airport and a cafe, uh, which they named the come on in, which I thought was pretty clever. I thought Didn't that's, that, like, oh, that's, do you know that's what, great. That's pretty good. That's phenomenal. I thought it was pretty, wow. pretty fantastic. The, uh, <laughs> the backstory behind giant rock that was pretty nuts, eh? So you, uh, you talk about Kreitzer, the Kreitzer yeah. guy. That's nuts. What's it? Well, what you got it. Yeah, inform. Dan, so, do you, do you, have, yeah. you probably have a better one than I did. Well, I'll, I have some because I have something to do with a Nazi that blew himself up underneath the rock. Yeah, that's so, pretty much it. That sums yeah, it up pretty well. Yeah, but you can well. say all eloquent <laughs> and shit. Um, so uh, when... When George first moved out there, I think he he had been working with a uh, he had been working at an automotive repair shop, and then with him, um, you know, one day this guy uh, what was his name. His first name was, I can't remember. His last name was Kreitzer, and I can't remember his first name off the top Hans. of my head. Hans Kreitzer. So okay, uh, <laughs> um, it kind of stopped Shot in one day apparently after he had uh, his he had suffered a uh, automotive breakdown of some type, and then kind of um, when he him and um, uh, Van Tassel started talking and they kind of got along pretty well. And, uh, you know, and he kind of asked, like, he got, he got him on this idea of kind of like building something out here. Like, uh, Kreitzer kind of had the idea that he was going to build pretty much like an underground facility. Like he was going to dig out like a cave home underneath giant rock. Like he was just going to build that. Like that's what he was going to do. Like and not even, not, not, credit, not, even a real, not even a I real mean, home, just an actual cave. It's like a giant, he blew out a fucking cave, like over, I'm not sure, like a couple of years, Kreitzer like ended up like kind of blowing his way into the ground, uh, you know, exploding his way into the ground with a bunch of explosives and stuff and mining out a a pretty good, good sized facility, like a home, like he lived there. This old bastard took one episode of the Flintstones way too serious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he had this whole place kind of. Uh, he had it all dug out and everything. I think he was living there alone with his, but uh, with his dog, and yeah. uh, you know, and him and him and Van Tassel got on phenomenally. They they were they were good friends to all accounts. Like uh, um, Van Tassel would take his family to visit Chrysler regularly, and they would hang out uh, inside his giant cave home, uh, and, you know, and they would kind of just hang out in there. So um, over the course of the years. Uh, Kreitzer came under scrutiny from some of the local authorities and uh, they had kind of gotten reports that there was this, you know, this is, again, this is just post-World War II. Everything's kind of, you know, a little bit crazy now. We're, we're still, we're still hunting Nazis. Uh, Cold War is not in full swing yet, but they're still hunting Nazis. And so you got this, these reports kind of filtering on down to the local authorities about a, a German man, uh, kind of strange, a little bit of, eccentric uh building out you know using explosives to blow out a, a, a you know some type of underground facility <laughs> so if that doesn't kind of the 50s were the best flags red <laughs> flags up so you're kind of like okay yeah that seems kind of strange so the authorities kind of got involved 
And so what exactly happened is not 100% clear, but uh, from kind of reports that got kind of put together, a, a picture of what happened was that essentially that the, the, uh, the authorities kind of showed up and were like, hey, um, you know, we're getting kind of these, we're getting these reports about you. We're coming over here to check out. Like, can you, can, can we have a look at your home? Like, can we go and investigate? Um, I'm not sure. If, um, it, there were reports of uh, explosives, dynamite that had actually gone missing from an area. I think it was, a, I don't know if it was from the military base or it was from another place that um, like a mining operation. That, the five that, finger so, discount, baby. <laughs> so they were kind of like, that was also, you know, they're concerned like, hey, some explosives have gone missing. We've heard- Yeah, we lost kind a of, bunch of dynamite from the Acme fucking warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and so- Everyone um, knows if you're, as long as you work there, it's not stealing. <laughs> Uh, and so kind of the general consensus of what happened was that Kreitzer invited these uh, authority, uh, you know, these in. I think there were local sheriffs. I think local sheriffs and maybe one federal agent. I'm not sure. And then uh, he invited them. And then when they got down there, essentially it was, you're never going to take me alive. Um, and also there might have been tear gas and gold, not sure. <laughs> and um, <laughs> explosion uh, explosion, Kreitzer and his dog dead. Uh, I think, no, the uh, dog. Some of the authorities were, uh, I think maybe two, one or two of them either killed or injured uh, during that, uh, that, that confrontation that happened. Uh, and so <laughs> that was the end of Kreitzer. <laughs> and, uh, so they suspected yeah, him of friend. stealing or being involved in the stealing of dynamite, being a German spy. So they go to- They go to check him out. Go check him out. And they end up in a, he ends up dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. So he was, was like a German spy. They, they, they made the. They made the. He was. Well, yeah. they made the. You know, the old mistake of bringing guns to a dynamite fight. <laughs> yeah, big. Yeah, but Kreitzer's right. the only one that went boom. Yeah, and his dog. Dag. And his dog. Yeah. Wait. So he <laughs> so was a German spy then. Is what we're thinking. Most likely. Most yeah. likely, because he, he had to be. He blew himself well, up. Well, I mean, he said, you're never going to take me alive and then blew himself up. So I'd say... He's leaning. Chances in, are... Das, leaning, yes. leaning towards... Das, das, yes. Das, the das, odds yes. are das good. Yeah. So after after the, the Kreitzer episode, uh, Van Tassel and them are still living out there. And then I, I think, that, like, the possession of that, that facility, like, eventually came into um, Van Tassel's hands. Like, Van Tassel kind of took it over. And I think uh, he, uh, with his wife and, and three daughters, had kind of planned on either like near there or whatever because I watched another documentary about it and they have like where they actually were kind of living at the time like because they there was no house really that they lived in like uh it in some notes that because Van Tassel ended up coming under investigation himself and some of the things the authorities kind of a, when they were checking him out they said that they were basically sleeping outdoors like they were they were, <laughs> they were li living camping. like a primitive life house yeah what's wrong with that what's wrong with camping um, so during the so once you get past that, uh, during the early 1950s, uh, Van Tassel started hosting uh, these Friday night meditation sessions, and Van Tassel was claiming to have received actually like after you know hosting these for a while, he claimed that he was receiving telepathic communications, uh, which he called uh, thought transference, which were coming mind and integration. My yeah, there you go. <laughs> you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he said that he was receiving these these uh, mind integrations uh, <laughs> uh, from a group of uh, Venusians, uh, Venusian um, extraterrestrials. Like, and that's were, obviously you know because of all of our uh, diligent work on all these case files, we know that as the people of Venus. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. We could be considered experts on the topic. Yes. <laughs> Good chance they're floating on in sky cities in the yes. like, that's fast the moving atmosphere. Planet, eh? Like that's the sex whenever like the sexiest people we talk about, the Venusians. Venusians. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. 100%. Smells off the top. Dripping with sex. <laughs> uh, whenever you hear sex jelly, it's Venusian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh Van Tassel actually like so he he goes on to have these uh, these these sessions, these these community, these uh, meditation sessions, people start gravitating towards it, kind of coming in, and um, you know, so at, during this time, like to put it into context, is that you have not only is kind of uh, Van Tassel having the whole communications Venusians. I mean, uh, George Adamski, which I don't think we've we've talked about like a couple times. We we touched on it, but I don't think we've done a whole case file. And George Adamski is also a famous contactee around that time, but I believe he was in contact with some Venusians as well. So um, all of this stuff is kind of going on. So people are hearing about this and, and they're coming out there and, and exploring these, um, you know, these ideas of, of, of what's going on. Um, now, Adamski claims that the first of his psychic transmissions uh, came to him on January 6th of 1952 when, quote, Luke Boone, senior in command, first wave planet patrol realms of Share, uh, contacted him. He has in one like uh, Van Tassel wrote a, a number of books, like a, a number of books, and he has like I think his second book. He kind of detailed out the communications that he received, and there they are. They are pretty something. <laughs> they they are all kind of like Luke, the the one that I I described just now, and then it's kind of just like first command. We are having trouble with communications. Uh, uh, <laughs> peace and love. Uh, remember da, da 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 da. Like it's just kind of all of these things that are uh, kind of coming through, and and so he ended up taking like these these ideas of like uh, you know these benevolent extraterrestrials are sending him, and he incorporated them into his uh, philosophy for an organization that he founded named the Ministry of Universal Wisdom. Oh, I thought oh, you were about to say that's a cool name. <laughs> what was the cult that they all died because to go join the spaceship? Uh, Heaven's Gate. That would be uh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's the, Gate. One. One. Yeah. Um, Wasn't that around the same time? Yes. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. There was like there must have there been was a couple, there was a there bunch was of UFO related like cults back in this, this time. Yeah, he was not the only kind of one. The Ministry of Universal Wisdom was not the only kind of uh, that's alternative. a great name uh, though philosophical organization kind of coming up, popping up at the time. There were a whole bunch, and especially in California, but there are a ton of them kind of popping up along with Scientology. Um, uh, there's a couple other ones that are all kind of like the, the international organization for uh, like alternative knowledge and da, da, da. Like there's a whole bunch of them uh, during this time. All, all, put, all with like, good, nice, up. nice <laughs> metaphysical titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Universal um, wisdom. <laughs> and uh, at one point, uh, uh, Van Tassel got his his hands on a uh, printer uh, and added like a print printing press or something. And uh, he ended up publishing a quarterly uh, newsletter called Proceedings, uh, which he goes out to. These were like quarterly, basically a lot of it were just like uh, rants about uh, how the Bible was kind of be taken literally. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of biblical stuff like in there as well. Like uh, he kind of talked about how um, I'm pretty sure he's like the in the Bible, they describe all these things, but he was also of the opinion that the people in the Bible, like uh, there, there's at least some sections where he's like, pretty sure Jesus was an alien. Like he, he I've been that. saying and that for a while. Be, has to yeah. be. 
So Zell's Jesus been was preaching an alien. that for centuries. The three wise men were aliens. Um, the uh, what they said, like the Adam, the Adamic hey, races were were Dan, actually aliens. Dan, let's say I got to to tell uh, Zell something here. Uh, in Campbell River, there's all these like I, I don't honestly I have no idea. I know there's some sort of Christian, but they're they're always like dressed really nice on the side of the sidewalks with like a Bible stand and like they'll be like do you want to learn more about Jesus Christ? And uh, I always walk past him on lunch and stuff. And I, I was walking past him and I was like, do you want to learn more about Jesus Christ? I was like, are you going to tell me, are you going to teach me about how he's an alien? And they both were like, huh? I was like, how do you think he had all those powers? And they were like, huh? And I just, they both like looked at each other and I just kept walking. <laughs> you just converted him, man. Yeah. yeah. I've been living a lie. Then I saucered our business card. Do you want to know more? (laughs) You saucered our business card. Then they're going to find us on social media and send send us messages virtually to try and convert us digitally. Fantastic. Oh, no. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. They just need one document. (laughs) They'll track you down. Easier to give them to Alhamdulillah. I love that you said that to them, though. (laughs) I'm going to start. you when I did it. Yeah. I'm going to start knocking people's doors. I'm going to play the same game. Spread the word. Yeah. Yeah. You should follow them. Go ahead, you door should follow them. <laughs> door to door, right behind them, and be like, "No, nah, be like, hey, you hear the bullshit they're trying to pedal? Listen, Listen to this. this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got some a, way better. A big <laughs> All right, man. Can I interest you? Buckle up. This is how it really is. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so Van Tassel's, uh, ministry of universal wisdom and his entire kind of, uh, which consisted of him and his wife. No, I mean, there were, uh, there, there were at least 100 people. That's uh, a cult. Like at least Boom. 100. Um, because he was like, he ended up like, I, I'm pretty sure like his main source of income at that point was from people who were donating to the, uh, the ministry. I think he had, he had incorporated but it's like the ministry of universal wisdom uh people were donating to it you know staunch the the people who were his i guess you could say followers at the time uh were donating money hey, and he was pretty much using these, that and putting it towards his ultimate project which we'll get to in uh, a little bit these are the years but, before uh, uh like well before patreons right this is this is this is crowdfunding Man, mail order patreon og crowdfunding og yeah um, and so his kind of, his, his thing, the fame of like what was going on there. And when we get to the, the, the Integra drawn, um, uh, Van Tassel grew kind of a, a community around, uh, his entire thing. And he, he ended up founding or at least like starting the giant rock interplanetary space, ca- spacecraft conventions, which Dope. he personally hosted for 20 years. Um, so this is before, cool. this is like the precursor of the precursor of MUFON kind of style. Mm, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that uh, maybe well, precursor, precursor of, alien con. Yeah. Also alien con, <laughs> the yeah. OTA. Um, this guy started everything. Yeah. He had, um, hey. the attendance like ranged from what they said, maybe like the first one to maybe, uh, the, the largest intended was like somewhere between, they said 3000 people and 11,000 people, like 11,000 people being like the peak at some point you had 11,000 people driving out here, parking their cars and hanging out and having, um, you know, uh, Van Tassel come out there and give these big speeches and Dude. stuff. And especially when, uh, he announced at one of the conventions that he was deciding to run for president in 1960 <laughs> and that his, uh, friends from Venus were going to help him run help his him campaign. Man, yeah. even and at the low, he, low end of that scale at 3000, I mean, that's respectable. That's a good, 
Good festival. Yeah. 3,000 people. And that's in the that's in the age of like there's no internet. You're like, this is word of mouth. Flyers. Yeah. And door knocking. Flyers yeah. and door knocking and stuff. So that's pretty good. And like, this is, this isn't even, this is like early days UFO, like Roswell just happened. You know, stories are starting to trickle out here and there of these crafts, you know, interrupting uh, flights and, and, and pilots saying they've seen stuff like that. But like, it's early days. So he really is a pioneer of getting people, like-minded people together. And he's good at it. <laughs> 3,000, 11,000 people. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, dude, I'm happy with 150 people at the show. Uh, so naturally when you have a, um, a strange to, to somewhat, to some extent, a strange at the time, relatively, I guess, the best, a strange, uh, charismatic person, uh, having a, uh, a, a gathering of kind of, uh, alternative minded folks uh, happening on a regular basis. This in the 1950s would uh, naturally attract the attention of law enforcement because we well, got uh, Manson and shit, right? Like, well, you have those things, but also communism. Like that yeah, was the big yeah. thing. The big C word is that what that's what's going on. So uh, the Wait, FBI did, did he run for president? Up, Let's just I'll circle back to that real quick. Did he end up right. putting a, a bid in? Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, they just said he was going to run for president. I was just wondering if they said he ran for president. I, was, I, I wish he gave some speeches about it. I mean, yeah, he gave some speeches, but you'd still have to get the, you know, you'd have to get the nomination. We were still very much a two-party system. Like, <laughs> get the nomination from one of the parties. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, get the nomination from fucking space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're in, man. <laughs> uh, so the, the FBI ended up getting alerted because someone uh, kind of associated Van Tassel's activities with communism and they were getting reports of him having these these meetings and people were worried that, you know, some kind of like communist enclave uh, was kind of going on here. Um, and this is where you get the, uh, there, there is a very, if you, if people want to look it up, like you can, there's a, there's a very large file on George Van Tassel and his activities at the time uh, with the, um, the Ministry of Universal Wisdom. Like there, there's a couple of really interesting uh, you know, copies of uh, the the proceedings, like those newsletters, like they actually have like copies of those on the actual FBI website. Like they have a bunch of them. They're kind of, they're, yeah, they're, they're an interesting read <laughs> through there. Uh, kind of a, uh, uh, you know, a look back at that time, like a very fun snapshot of what was going on around that time. <laughs> so, uh, he's a person of interest well, to the FBI at the time. Yeah, he was but a like person, yeah, he was a person of interest. Activities with communism, I mean... I mean, that was thrown around pretty loosey-goosey back in the day. Well, anything, I think they had like at one, one of the organizations- You gelled kinda, your hair in the morning. I mean, <laughs> like, if you put international in front faster. of anything, there is like- Shared yeah, a piece of your yeah. sandwich. Communist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's where you got the report because uh, apparently in 1954, an FBI agent had gone out there. I think multiple agents had actually gone out there to kind of assess like what was going on. Like they had talked, actual talks with Van Tassel and people kind of going and posing in as just, you know, regular travelers, you know, people just kind of stopping in and having talks with him. And uh, they just said that the, uh, the the college that he had of the Ministry of Universal uh, wisdom was uh, quote nothing but a cave dug out beneath a giant rock, and that Van Tassel and his family lived in primitive conditions. <laughs> they were pretty much sleeping outside. Like that's yeah, that's what they said. So primitive, right. Just shit shitting in a bucket. Maybe yeah. How I don't, bad I don't even know. I don't even think they had. I don't think they had plumbing out there. 
Uh, no, doubt it. They're <laughs> it's outhouse or... They didn't have a phone. They didn't have a phone out there. Like the closest place, like I said, it was like 14 miles away. So that was the closest phone. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a very interesting place. Rugged. But apparently it was the perfect place to uh, receive instructions for the Integratron, which we can probably talk about after the break. <laughs> which is perfect time because I was just going to say... What's a jig of the glass? All right, we'll be right back. We're back. <laughs> it's the beginning of the Integratron. So is it too late to ask for another beer break? Because I slugged that drink back. <laughs> <laughs> I got a refill and then instantly I'm like, I got like three sips left. That's <laughs> the way she goes. Uh, so in his 1956 book, Into This World and Out Again, Van Tassel talked about his first actual physical encounter with the being. So he had been having these mind transference, mind integrations uh, with the the Venusian races, but he actually claims to have had a physical encounter uh, with some of these beings on August 24th of 1953. So uh, this... His claim goes that he was awakened by a member of the Council of Seven Lights uh, who identified himself as one Solganda around 2 a.m. Uh, that's a strong name. Solganda. <laughs> Solganda. Solganda. Uh, I feel like there was a hand sign that went with that every time it was said. <laughs> Solganda. 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 And uh, so this was around 2 a.m., uh, of that morning, and he was taken onto a spacecraft which had landed at the uh, airstrip, uh, which he had, you know, he had been operating. Uh, when Van Tassel was taken outside, um, he, he's not. Uh, when he talks about his encounter in a couple of interviews and stuff, he talks about like he's he's not really sure how he got out there. It's very much one of those, uh, you know, you've heard of him before this this type of encounter like an abduction where abduction story, baby. yeah, abduction story we where he's, he's kind of taken out. He, yep. He's not sure how he got outside. He's not sure how he was awakened, but he was just kind of knows that he was awakened by this member. He of was the awakened by mind integration. Yes. Yeah. Uh, That's a yeah. concussion. <laughs> <laughs> he's giving me a lot of concussion symptoms here. Uh, um, and and so the ship that was wait, awaiting uh, Van Tassel out on the airstrip, uh, he described as being a kind of bell-shaped craft. Um, he described it, you know, gave an estimate of about uh, 36 feet in diameter and about 19 feet high. The Glocka, baby. Yeah, we were just talking the, about the Nazis. Glocka. Oh, the Glocka. shit. Right? Right? That's and, what I thought when I saw this. I was like, I was like, oh, man. Is there a chance that what he's encountering here is actually de Glocka? And maybe these things were also in touch with uh, Nazi Germany and Chrysler <laughs> and, and, uh, and well, other people. Well, maybe that's why fucking time. Chrysler was going under the rocks. He knew where they were coming. <laughs> Chrysler. <laughs> What's his uh, name again? Chrysler? Uh, Chrysler. 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 Um, so, and, and when they boarded the craft, uh, Van Tassel said that they they used some type of anti-gravity beam, or at least that's what he kind of just described it as. He's not really sure how it worked, but it's just that this beam kind of just lifted them off like being on an elevator from the ground uh, into the ship. 
And uh, when he got on there, uh, Van Tassel said that uh, Solgondo was the only one who actually uh, communicated with him vocally. Like he, he was actually like um, talking to him, using his voice, identifying him, stuff like this. But there were three other, um, there were three other Venusians, uh, uh, extraterrestrials on this ship, which- Yeah, uh, and, snooty. Highbrow, <laughs> man. They want nothing to do with him. And they were they were all communicate. He said that they were all kind Sipping of talking to each other. Sipping fucking martini glasses and shit. Yeah, <laughs> they were all communicating with snooty looks. And they got those really long <laughs> cigarettes, like enough. with the holder, yeah. Corella the, Deville, the cigarette yeah. holder. Yeah. yeah, the long martini glass and long cigarette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he did describe them uh, what they look like, and uh, everybody thinks that they're typical grays. No, he described them as the youthful uh, white people with a good, healthy tan and of uh, average human height. You know what the uh, problem this guy is? He just can't say brown people. <laughs> white people with a good tan. White people with a good tan. No, they're fucking brown. It's fine. <laughs> That's so funny because I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, yeah, he's supposed just, to say they're just, fucking brown. Just white brown people, people with a good, healthy tan. They're brown, yeah. man. Yeah, I guess yeah. So, uh, like, how, how healthy yeah. is the tan? Like, what what are we talking here? Were we talking I, Dan and Andrew healthy? What are we talking? Probably, about? Yeah, probably. I mean, like, I just, I'm not sure what healthy tan was back in the 1950s. That's, like, such not, a, not, that's, that's a such relative a, term. No, that, that makes it a lot, makes a lot more sense in the 50s now. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Don't admit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah race is brown. brown. No, of course Get not. Over it. White people with t- they were very tanned. White people. They're about as white as Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, when while he was on board, this is when Van Tassel said that he was given the formula that would become integral to building the Integratron, uh, which he described fully as F equals one over T, F I, equaling frequency and T being time. Yeah. So just this is the standard equation of hertz. Yeah. Frequency <laughs> interval. Yeah. And so that that this is the equation that said he was given, and that this this would be the uh, you know the the foundation of the Integratron. And so um, after he departed the ship with this equation, you know, in his head, uh, you know, it, it, it was conferred to him. Not exactly like kind of everything about it, but this is just what he was. You know, he had this idea of what he was going to build. Um, you know, as- well, like this this equation was known. It's frequency. Yeah, it's by like, Venusians. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm... Invented <laughs> by Van Tassel. This, this is... Or, this sorry, Solganda. <laughs> yeah, but this was also known by other humans during this time and before Well, that. you think the Venusians only had contact with one human? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> well, he, he's just, hey, Vin, you got me. Well, I mean, he's, this is, he's just giving a fancy way to say, like, just frequency. Yeah. Like, it's the, he gave me this equation. He's like, well, yes, everything in the... Everything we know has a vibrating frequency of some kind. Well, Sound, radio well, waves, light waves, all frequency. I mean, electromagnetic but it's not spectrum, like, yeah. What <laughs> I'm saying is we're not... <laughs> what, what I'm pointing at, I'm like, I'm like, when you say E equals MC squared, you're like, that's Einstein. He came up with that shit, right? He was the first guy. No one's going F equals uh, one divided by T, one over T. is Oh, that's Van Tassel. Like, no one's saying that because that was around before Van Tassel's him, right? equation. It's not the Van Tassel equation by no. any sense of the mean. <laughs> so, um, so they gave him information. They gave him information that he that was would, already known. Well, that he would use. <laughs> and they said that, you, but you could use this equation and you could apply it in such a way that you would be able to construct a, uh, a machine, 
uh, of some type that would be able to uh, keep people extend your life is is what he was saying or or something that you could build you could use this equation to basically construct uh, a time machine well, well, uh, in in a different oh, sense shit. like not in the sense that you can. You can go back in time, but I don't know. It's like, well, no, it's, well, we'll get to it. I'm just like, well, kind of just like, yeah. From it's, it's what weird. I read, it's like through his encounters with these ETs, they explain that the reason humans are pretty much useless is because we don't get smart till we're old, then we die. Right. So right. in that case, you have to extend human life to be as smart as the Venusians. Right. So you must build this machine using this formula in order to extend your life so you right. can join the ranks of the high galactic empire or whatever exactly. they call themselves. Yes. Yes. Um, that's what he left with. And, and, you know, and to kind of, you know, prove that, you know, Van Tassel, I guess, had asked Solganda, like how old he was. And Solganda told him, he's like, I'm 700 years old. I'm Yoda. It's been yeah. looking good. Like I'm, I'm 700 years young, I guess. <laughs> Just hitting my prime. <laughs> Just hitting my prime. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so after this encounter, Van Tassel began to conceive and plan out the, the construction of the Integratron, uh, which uh, would eventually take form as a, uh, this 16-sided dome uh, constructed entirely of wood that would be, uh, uh, dimensions were about 35, they said 38 feet high, 55 feet in diameter, and that it would be built completely Without nails or any type of uh, metal fasteners, that's pretty uh, crazy. Yeah, which is impressive. pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, See, I, I'd like to think that they gave him this. They gave him this, the formula. Not so much of like, wow, like look at this. It's like apply this formula to a structure, and they gave him the idea for this. And it's like it's all in one. So it's like I hate when when I read it and I was like, it doesn't make sense to me that the, they came down like. Here's this equation. I think they gave him all the tools he needed. They gave him the idea for like, if you build this in, if you build a structure with this equation they build in a structure, mind, they will come. They will come. Mm. You will not age. It's the feel of sounds. <laughs> feel of sounds. <laughs> Pretty much is what it, it is. They will bathe. <laughs> uh, so it, the, the, and the entire thing would be built on a central, uh, they said it's a one ton concrete core uh, which holds the structure's extra curvilinear wooden skeleton in place. Um, and there was copper wire that was uh, radiating out or emanating from the, uh, in spirals uh, outward to actually the entire conference of the structure. Um, it, it was also supposed to have this, I guess it's a rotating and floating armature with these 64 aluminum like spikes. Rods. Yeah. Aluminum spikes, uh, which collectors the they would call them, uh, and these were all uh, designed to act as a, a type of uh, gigantic capacitor, which would collect. Uh, they said, you know, they're they given estimates of up to fifty thousand volts of static electricity from the air in order to charge the human body, and that's what it was. So, so motherfucker made a taser. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually, I mean, he actually, you know, getting getting the money together and stuff like this. I mean, he had a, uh, it was a, there was a Los Angeles based architect named Howard Payton that Howard Payton Hess that he actually paid uh, to draft the, the structural plans of this thing, and it and it is constructed like it is it, it is, is in some form uh, like it's very basic basic form that, that they put together. It does exist, and and it is. Kind of neat. The like actual, stru really the actual cool. <laughs> built, the structural part, like the wooden 
orb is built right. and standing yes. and still is it's very much like a UFO day. sitting out in the middle of the desert. Like <laughs> so, pretty, so pretty much. No, they, like when I. Sorry, Brian. Go for it. Go ahead, Zell. I was just saying the reason. So when you read that, so they say no metal fasteners, no bolts, nails, anything, because it's going to interfere with this static energy collector. So right. in, instead of using that, this is all like glue lambed, like curved, like fur beams, wood beams, and then doweled together. It's yeah. pretty, like it's pretty, as a woodworking project, it's like pretty like, impressive. Pretty impressive, yeah. Right. right. Now, now the other thing I was thinking of is like, when you look at this, this structure and what you're building it for, it seems like a weird thing to just, you're just like, you know what, I just want to build this. But like, now Zell, like imagine if you legitimately had contact with some sort of extraterrestrial. I do. Uh, telepathically or, you know, and then they visited you and they gave you these plans. Would you not feel like that is your purpose now to make sure this structure gets built? If I woke up in the morning and pretty much burned onto my retinas is this vision of this building that I have to build it this way. How do you not do anything else? Right. Exactly. And that's my thing. It's like, cause I'm like, this is a big thing to task just for like shits and giggles. They're like, Oh, I'm just going to build this and, and, and see if I can, you know, make money off it somehow or con people or do, or do anything other than like, I look at this and I go like, it seems to me like this guy, wholeheartedly believed that he the, his purpose was to build this thing that he got the design and the ideas from from extraterrestrials yeah you know what's super like familiar to me with this and it's like similar it seems like a similar story and it makes me wonder if maybe this other story had something to do similar with you know venusians or aliens but like who else in history specifically biblical history got fucking told that they needed to build something and given designs. Moses, oh, right? Moses. Moses. Yeah. Or Noah. Sorry. Noah. Noah. Both of them. Noah's Ark. Yeah. Both of them. Oh, no, no, Moses oh, built Moses, the Moses received the instructions for the tabernacle. Yeah. Tabernacle, yeah, yeah. The tabernacles. Yeah. I, boys, I think it's pronounced tabernacle. Tabernacle. First of all, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, tabernacle. But, but also, you know, that, yes. But the other thing I was going to mention, I don't think we talked about, like, isn't this... There's something special about this area, too. It's like on some type of, like, fucking magnetic vortex or something like that. That's what people say. That was the claim. <laughs> and that's why it was built there, in order to, like, amplify yeah. the vortex of the Even point. Skeptoids what? said they couldn't disprove that, though. I don't think anybody can. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, but no, no but I thought the funny it's thing true. was, yeah. like, there was this fun. There was this little part in the uh, in the documentary that I watched that was kind of funny because it was like they were talking about how this yeah it's idea okay kind of the I there's these there's these two kind of ideas of what the the Integratron was going to be built for. Um, Van Tassel originally said that it's supposed to be a kind of time machine, not in the that's like the HD. Well, it's like going to take you back and or Jules Verne whatever, then take you back in time time machine but that it would allow you to look through a window and he was talking about that he'd actually like the concept that he was coming up with he had done before like they had experimented with this and he said like uh, some of the people <laughs> that he had worked with in the aeronautic field had come up with this thing where they said that uh you know in an interview talking about the the integratron uh he was saying that they had managed to catch uh you know using these principles that are behind the integratron uh, to catch these... Can you edit every time he says that and like give him like a real robot voice? Like, straight <laughs> Megatron? Uh, I should they, have been marking him as the, we go. Um, like what? It's, that's, that's how you say the it. The Integratron. No, it's got to be like fucking real robotic. <laughs> um, 
he was saying that he had managed they had managed to catch a like they open up a window and they they managed to watch a a TV program from yeah. six years. He made prior. a PVR. <laughs> this guy's invented everything. Well, he was saying that that's what the the Integratron was kind of meant to do. You would be able to open up windows and you could look back on the past. You could see Roman legions marching. You would be able to see, you know, uh, you'd be able to look at the Renaissance. You'd be able to look at Leonardo da Vinci's works uh, when they were originally built. All these things. That was the, kind of like the very first initial thing. But then the, Ide- the idea <laughs> of it, yeah. And, but then a didn't, later, didn't Tesla have something similar where you say he could see the past, present, and future at the same time? Or the claim is that he said this? Right, yeah. I, Tesla claimed a lot of things. <laughs> was it, uh, how was, te- like, Tesla was connected to this guy too? Uh, they said that, that his ideas were kind of based off a Tesla coil. Like he was saying, because uh, when you look at models of it, there are some models like, because you, know, you can go there and visit and they have a little museum and everything. There's a concept where it's like, basically they have like a Tesla coil lined up next to the the Integratron. And um, that would be what would pass the current into it. Like, Infuse it with electricity into the so de- event, in, from, integrate the electricity from, integrate the electricity from the te- from the Tesla coil into the Integratron <laughs> into the you know into the Integratron <laughs> the uh, those aluminum those aluminum like collectors around the outside were supposed to like rotate on bearing like a bearing like a giant bearing system or something they're supposed to rate rotate and then there'd be a giant Tesla coil that would like charge charge it, it up that, that was and and so and then uh, vaporize but, every person inside. Well, it evolved from being a time machine, and at some point, uh, at some point in its development, uh, you know, Van Tassel pivoted and being like, what was going to happen, or what the Integratron was meant to do, is that it was going to recharge and rejuvenate the cells of the human body with electricity, because cells in the human body are, you know, according to his theories, were like they were. Um, Batteries, so they could be but, recharged with electricity and therefore rejuvenated, and then therefore extend your life, extend it, the life of the average human. So that's where the thing I mean, they me could be is, depolarized and repolarized. It, it which essentially can re, restart life. Well, that's a good point. But my <laughs> what I was thinking was, is that like maybe he got these ideas in the plans, and because it does sound like he kind of flip flops of what you know the idea what this thing is supposed to do. So maybe it's, maybe he wasn't given that aspect of it. So he's just left to guess. He just knows he needs to build this thing. Like he's whatever, you know, he's been given information. He just knows he has to build this thing, but he doesn't necessarily know what the end game of it, what it does. So he's just left to guess as he's building it and, and looking at the plans going like, this is what it, I think this, it's this, it's hundred percent this. And it, that changes as he keeps going, but he doesn't actually even know what the structure does. Sure. That's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, he could have been in the middle of building it, and then he came across the works of one Russian scientist named Georges Lahovsky, who's uh, his first his first iteration of the multiple wave oscillator. As wondering why he's being called a commie. Lahovsky actually wrote a book and it was called The Secret of Life Electricity, Radiation, and the Body, uh, Your Body in 1929. And that was the concept behind, uh, you know, having cells from living organisms basically being 
tiny radio transmitters transmitters is what he posited he's kind of you know doing all these experiments with you know uh, frequency modulations and all these things and then you know uh, having the human cells being sensitive to certain oscillations or frequencies and that you could perhaps manipulate these uh you know with some type of therapeutic device, electromagnetic device, and you could, you know, you could cure diseases from this is all stuff he was kind of just, you know, he was just kind of throwing out there. You know, he's kind of like, yeah, maybe we could apply these in a way that we could apply this stuff in in that type of method to to treat these things and, and, you know, better human life for for lack of a better word. Um, And so, yeah. uh, And and so, like we said, the, the location of the Integratron is part of its function. Like they built it out there, uh, you know, in this geomagnetic vortex that is supposed to focus the energy in order to amplify the Earth's natural magnetic field. It's like a ley line. He would be able to, yeah. Like it's, it's a ley, it's <laughs> a, a ley line, a ley right. point. But but what I thought was kind of funny is in the, in the documentary, they made, they made like a, there was just like a little comment where they were talking about that, um, and it was just like a couple of seconds, but I was like, that sounds kind of funny because out in the desert, the desert is super dry, right? It's a really dry place, right? So you Tends have problems with static electricity. Like you can walk around outside and they they were talking to one guy and he's like, yeah, you know, you just walk up to somebody to shake their hand and it's like, it's just this. And it, it causes all kinds of problems sometimes, you know, having static electricity just build up all over the place. I'm like, is this really why you want to build like an electrical device where you have like, you'd have to manage that. <laughs> Like, they they want the like static. Something. They want that energy. <laughs> but they would interfere with the other stuff, maybe. Like, I, yeah. So um, that's what I would think. But I mean, yeah, maybe they were harnessing it. Somehow. Well, yeah. If you're the, try, if you're trying, if you're basing your works off Tesla and he's trying to pull energy from the ionosphere or static yeah, charge, it, why not? Why not here? Build it where it's yeah, <laughs> where it's uh, where it's already. We're gonna issue. we're gonna build like, this. Right copper grid around this orb and then we're going to take the energy from the atmosphere and then when they realized it was not so feasible yeah um so Van Tassel sunk a good chunk of money in this and then you know uh, I think most of the reports are saying that most of the money that he got was from his uh you know the universal of uh church of what is it the church of universal wisdom or universal wisdom uh universal wisdom uh he was getting donations from there and other kind of uh, people coming in and, and donating because because people would come around from all over the place apparently the the come on in was actually pretty popular it's with the, the pies locals. i was mentioning uh, it earlier yeah, it was the pies and the, the burgers pies. were actually pretty good it made me pretty hungry when i was a couple dirty burgs and a pie yeah <laughs> while you fly um, it's definitely people would come in there and stop by and and kind of <laughs> visit and kind of become Kind of it, uh, George was just like a local guy. He would hang out in there all the time, and then people would just kind of you know he'd strike up a conversation. <laughs> just he doesn't like, have a real know. job. <laughs> Building integratrons, you know, minding minding the the airport. I guess that fourteen miles away for the closest phone. Is there's an emergency or something? I don't know. That's crazy. Um, that's still weird to me. Uh, it's a pretty good. Like, so, it's a pretty good crowdfunding. Solution yeah. here because I mean I'm this thing couldn't have been cheap to build. They hired an architect. No, all of that. No, it was a. I think they got at least a couple hundred thousand dollars into it um, when they built. And, and so, and they at actually, that time, what's that? What's that's a million bucks or whatever. Five <laughs> million. Good chunk, it's a good chunk of change. Five million. Yeah, and, millions um, of dollars. So, so the 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 main structure of the Integratron was finished in 1959, and then and. You know, according to reports, like they were getting ready to test it, 
Like it was getting ready to do what it was supposed to do. And the original idea was like, uh, Van Tassel said like, basically what you would do is kind of like, you would go in from one side wearing some type of white suit. I think they were saying some type of white protective or conductive suit, something. Again with the white. Yeah. And then you would Fuck. walk. It's the 50s. You'd walk around in a, in a precise arc. You got a fucking hood on it? Is that a curiosity tool? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a tanned white man. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, people want to parade those processions things. Those are, those are a wild tramp. Um, if you want to read a, a quarterly newsletter written by somebody back in the 19. 19- 1940s and 50s, certain ideas were popular back then about the uh, ethnic ethnicities. Uh, so uh, you, you were supposed to proceed on like a, a certain, I think it was like 270 degree arc, like you're supposed to travel around and then kind of walk out the other side and then you're, you would be rejuvenated, uh, you know, once it got turned on. But this was his guess, though. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, I, I don't whoa. even think he really knew what would happen. What do they turn on? on? What's happening here? Is it like I'm? So I'm what it was supposed to happen? Like I said, it's like the 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 collectors on the outside. Like from what I've seen, is they are supposed to turn and oh, so like the gravitron. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So okay. this guy went to the he went to the local it's fair. Like carnival ride. He went to the All local right. carnival, rode the gravitron. I was like, All right. Mm, yeah, I you're speaking my language. is the first gravitron. They got yeah. Uh, you probably had the same, probably had the same safety. <laughs> I had the same safety level. No safety. Gravitron. No safety inspections. <laughs> um, yeah, this definitely was not on. I, think I don't think any worst. state board safety inspector came in and looked at this thing. But so what was supposed to happen is the, those collectors on the outside were supposed to rotate around. And like I said, there was supposed to be some kind of generating electrical coil on the outside. And then bridging that gap would be the electrical current between the two. And as those things spun, and then that would go down into the uh, the electrical, the, the copper coil that is radiating from the out, from the inside. And you walk around and it reach your, you know, recharges your cellular batteries. So you're supposed, so you're supposed to walk just, into the dome, walk around 270 degrees, go out the other door, and you're, it was yeah. supposed to revitalize your cells. Yes. That's, yes. That's that the final was, iteration of, of what was supposed to happen. That's what he thought would happen. What he <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, what he thought was going to happen. But instead, George Van Tassel died. Oh, man. before Did he get electrocuted? They were going no, he <laughs> he. Well, I don't know. Uh, can, uh, Andrew, can electrical shocks cause massive coronaries? Can that happen? Sure, it can. Why or not? Can fuck definitely. Well, not like coronary syndrome. You're gonna have some sort of blockage in your coronary arteries, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah but so could could yeah, a, a, a big electrical charge just like just pretty much vaporize your heart or something? Like, well, like electric, anything, it could just throw your heart into an arrhythmia just or just sit. fucking stop it. Right. right. Yeah. Just turn. Yeah. That's a good point. So he, he could have been electrocuted. It could have worked. And the, why, the reason that well, they said that it doesn't work. Well, he work. wasn't in the, inte- the Integratron when it happened. Oh, he damn. apparently had a coronary at a nearby hotel um, and, and died. Um, so at, at this time, George had remarried. Um, he had a uh, his second wife uh, at the time. And so there is some dispute about, uh, there's still some suspicions about what was happening because again, George was under, he was under federal watch. He's on a list. He was on the list. And it's they were list. looking at him about, you know, what was going on at the, uh, the, the 
ministry of universal knowledge and and what was going on. And he um so his second wife apparently like either in the, the few months before they were getting ready to the lead up or whatever, they had changed this diet. Uh, there was all these kinds of things about saying that perhaps, you know, his death was not so accidental. Well, he's uh, eating too many cheeseburgers and pies. No, it's because he <laughs> created the Integratron. It was a threat. Well, hey, here's it's not only weird about that though. Like, didn't she, she just, he died and then she had him fucking cremated right away before any of his daughters or anyone could see him. Pretty quickly, yes. Style. Yeah. Right? Pretty quickly. Like, and not only that, apparently his second wife had already been married twice before and both the husbands died mysteriously. Yeah. Some sort of black she, widow scenario. She mm-hmm. apparently had a, uh, a some some level of obsession with uh, Aztec and Mayan culture. People are saying that she was a frequent visitor to the uh, the pyramids in Mexico. And <laughs> then she would come <laughs> she back. She was a frequent visitor to the Mayan Riviera. And she would uh, she would come back, and I, I guess one of her hobbies was to uh, make some uh, pretty uh, interesting paintings based around like the human sacrifice rituals of uh, uh, Native South America or Central Americans. I guess that was her that was her thing. So she uh, slowly sacrificed him by getting him like fat and salt and shitty foods. I'm not so, they said she changed his diet, and I'm not sure if maybe she changed him off the. I'm not sure what she changed. Well, she probably like he. This guy probably went to the doctor and like, listen, dude, you're gonna fucking have a jammer. You're eating like (laughs) shit. You got to start eating vegetables, right? Maybe do a little exercise and maybe that. She's (laughs) take a couple laps around the integratron. Yeah, Yeah, he's like, no, I I will continue to eat a a steak and a scotch every night. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm gonna turn that thing on and rejuvenate my cells, and I'm gonna be good, right? You know? Yeah. Well, that's why he created it, so he can eat whatever the the fuck he wants. That's one of the biggest mysteries of this to me is that the Integratron at the time of his death was only 90% complete and it has never been completed. If it was 100% complete, he never would have died. <laughs> Guy would be lived forever. Yeah. I, shortly after his death, they said like, yeah, it was 90% it was ninety complete. But like right after he died, like days after, like people were saying that they were stripping that thing. There were people coming in, taking it apart, um, you know, scrapping what they could. Um, you know, had to oh, people sad. had to yeah, people had to come in and like tell them to stop. People who were supporters of Van Tassel's work and actually stop people from pretty much just jacking, just ripping everything up well, and, and the, taking the it. amount of copper and, and aluminum, you know, everything, aluminum yeah. and stuff sitting there. Like I'm sure this was a uh, ripe for thieving. Yeah. How old was he when he died? Um, he died as 1978 is when he died. Um, I'm not sure how old he was off the top of my head. Um, we have to look it up. <laughs> He's old. Um, he wasn't, it wasn't a young man at that time. No, he was not young. No. Like he was, he was probably, um, probably in his late sixties. Like early seventies. Yeah. So he's yeah, he's he, born in nineteen ten. So yeah, absolutely. So, like, yeah. So um, so he's in, he's yeah. in the danger range of yeah heart failure for. <laughs> you've been, then, you've been eating you burgers fucking... at the come on in for long enough. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the average <laughs> lifespan in night in the in this time? You're di- you're dying of coronary. Like coronary is like yeah, that's normal. Like, <laughs> well, I, they couldn't do it. Like I don't even know. I wonder when the when was the, the like when first was the stint? stint invented. Stint. Yeah, when was it? Mm-hmm. Could have been too long ago. 
so um, a- after he died and they they went to go on to, to try and preserve at least like a piece of his legacy, like that dome kind of passed into uh, different hands of different owners. Like at one point they were, uh, somebody bought it and they were going to turn 72. like a 22, what? 72. 72. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, but they couldn't have got out there. He's like, dude, like I said, the f- closest phone was 14 miles away, like a local town. Yeah, town. you're like, fucked. Yeah. Yeah, but he's at a, he was at a, he's at a, a hotel, but even hotel, if they're right? going to take him. You know, probably get him to the hospital. It's probably pretty quick. I assume. Well, it was the fifties. Were they still taking people to the barber for all this kind of shit? <laughs> it's true. Bleach <laughs> him. Talk yeah, about toss him bleach me and send Yeah, him we're way. fine. Yeah, it's hey, good. Yeah. Um, punch him a couple times in the chest. Get it started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Prescribe him a pack of cigarettes and yeah. tell him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Take a couple of glasses. What kind of, scotch what kind of smokes are you smoking? <laughs> yeah. you got switch a, over. A pack of Marlboro. Yeah, switch over to the high tar ones. This is the panel ones. Um. And so the the Integratron passed hands a couple times. Uh, you know, like I said, they were going to turn into a disco, which I thought would have been really fucking cool. Um, and then a couple other times down there, and it, it kind of fell into disrepair for a while until the uh, the dome's latest owners, which are uh, three sisters apparently from the East Coast, uh, named Joanne, Nancy, and Patty Carl, who bought the property in two thousand. And then, um, you know. Fortunately, uh, I guess for everybody, because now you can go out and see it, and we don't have to worry about it being like completely torn down. In 2018, uh, it, it was actually added to the National Registry of Historic Places, um, you know, or at least nominated for consideration. Like it's out there. So I, I think they actually have it, something there. It's it's because it's it's still out there. It's still maintained. Um, you can go for a, maintain, a session. It's maintained by like the parks, isn't it? Um, yeah, and the and the and the sisters who who live there is a good thing because it is a it is a trendy tourist destination. It is a really popular destination. They usually have, they said, between 20,000 and 30,000 visitors a year. You come visit. Dude, you go um, for what's called a sound bath. Yes. That's what they call it. So they have a Um, bunch of like crystal bowls. Yep. And I imagine this, the, just the shape of that room being like a dome like that mm-hmm. probably has really cool reverb sound. Yeah. Well, and they, they say yeah. it's acoustically perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice, it's a nicely, it's a, it's a what well-constructed it, wooden dome. And they said that it's very, uh, you know, that is one of the, the byproducts. Maybe it's not conducting electricity, but it conducts sound, you know. Well, how long until they start having concerts nice. there? <laughs> yeah. I, I, no, it's uh, well, what's up? What's that band? A band, band. A band They've recorded, recorded a song there. there. They have recorded in there. Oh, I did. Cool. I did see that. People oh, have the, used is it. it the the Aquabats? Yeah, or something like that. They recorded a song. I can't remember who. Uh, Modern use. Where is it? Uh, yeah, the Arctic Live Monkeys. The oh, Arctic Monkeys. Oh, Ar- yeah. Arctic okay. Monkeys. <laughs> they recorded Arctic their Mon- song, song "Secret they- Door" in the Integratron in 2008. Oh, fuck, that's cool. cool. Arctic Monkeys are awesome. Because that, yeah, that'll give like a really wicked sounding reverb in that big dome. And so, yeah, you can, you can go there today and, and go check it out. And, you know, they have this, uh, you know, watching the documentary, there's a nice little layout in there. They have, uh, uh, a bunch of different appointments a day where they kind of, it's that you go down, you can, you can relax on a couple, uh, they got a lot of cushioned mats out there. You can, you can go while they, uh, they play or manipulate, uh, basically like the Mongolian singing bowls, like the little, or Tibetan, uh, yeah. singing bowls, uh, that they have like a number of crystal bowls that they go around and they play and they allow the frequencies to bathe you in peace. You will feel refreshed as you enter, exit <laughs> the sound bath. Yes. For, yeah. And they, they claim has a number of beneficial, uh, you know, beneficial therapeutic effects, uh, for, for everybody to go visit. Um, I mean, I didn't read any bad reviews. I don't think like not not a whole bunch of them. 
This is a cool place to visit. Like it's it's very much one of those uh, things that you see on the side of the road that you'd be like, oh, that's I'm in. And next pod trip, <laughs> they'll bring deep. your axe and shred in there. Oh, be awesome. <laughs> well, again, I mean, it, to me, it's an unbelievable shame that all this time has passed, and this guy basically had begun to make this his life work to start this thing up. Whatever it did. And I don't believe he even knew really what it did or what it was going to do. I think he was just guessing uh, based on readings and stuff that he was doing and, and, and what other people were telling him. But it was at one point nine, and it's probably less than that, but at 1.90% complete. And no one's taken the time to be like, hey, let's, let's finish it. Let's turn it on. Let's finish well, it. they let's don't know how. Like, how do they know? I guess they lost the plans. Yes, yeah, they, they did. It surprises the, me that the Venusians didn't interest anyone else with these plans if they wanted it built that badly, though. Yeah, they said shortly after all of his stuff that people, there are reports that uh, all of the things that he had, like either his second wife, some people were saying, somebody accused his his second wife of burning a lot of his notes uh, or throwing them out, getting rid of them. That, maybe. Uh, I, I, allegedly. Listen, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe the Venusians were in danger of being extinct. Somebody was coming to wipe them out. They knew it was coming. Somebody's coming to their planet. Their last hope, send a probe to fucking Earth. Hmm. We got to find somebody smart. We find Van Tassel. We need to bring, <laughs> build this fucking time machine. Go back to fucking time because- Save our planet. It's gonna, You got to save our planet and go back in time. Well, Work for Michael J. The- Fox. <laughs> fucking do it. Uh, right? Yeah. It, Look at all the, the entire population of Venusia or Venus or whatever the fuck. Venusia is Disappearing better. just like this fucking Polaroid. Yeah. Right? And uh, Van Tessel was uh, not, he didn't forward thinking enough to like keep a lot of notes or anything. Or people were saying a lot of the documentation and a lot of the stuff that uh, notes that he made about the Integratron's construction or its operation, all gone. Uh, nobody has any copies of those. Or, well, his or, second wife or was somebody a, has was them and they're just locked up somewhere. Well, <laughs> she was an agent yeah. for the FB or for the MIB for the reptilians. <laughs> she killed them for the reptilians. Got rid of all the the Venusians, hey, maybe right? maybe Van Tals, Maybe he was onto some. Maybe with th- through what, what was the what was the Russian guy's name? He was Kohovsky. Maybe through l- looking at his work, he's he came across this idea to have, and he's discovered that because we all we know everyone. It's like it's. it's it's common. People know that everything has a frequency. Organs have frequencies, your spinal column, the bones in your yep. body. Everything has a frequency. So maybe he was onto something with the, you know, if you vibrate a frequency, you have cancer of this organ and you can find the frequency of it and you can vibrate it. it the, the, res- the resonant frequency of that cancer through sound energy will be disintegrated or something. Maybe he was onto something. And maybe the powers that be, the ones who make all the money from healthcare, they, you know, they, they, they did it. It's a big conspiracy. So I, I, thought, I thought about that, but it led me somewhere completely different after I started going down that rabbit hole because it was too confusing. So then I just got on, the, I got on the like sonic weapons, like infrasound weapons. And then I went down this rabbit hole of how much energy it would take to actually kill someone with sound, like blow their blow up their head. So this is this is what I went on a, like an hour <laughs> rabbit hole of reading about how much energy it takes to to disintegrate your organs, and the uh-huh. results that I came across. I mean, granted, not a ton of research, but what I came across was astounding. So I just I'm gonna do a quick just a quick one here. 
So, <laughs> so the international like uh, agreed upon measurement of sound is a decibel. Everyone's heard about that yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's a very like complicated formula of how to get to it. I don't re- really remember. All I remember is for every ten decibels increased, volume doubles. That's pretty much all you got to say. So thir- forty is twice as loud as thirty. 40 is half as loud as 50 and on and on and on. It goes up and up and up and up. <laughs> so what do you get to is, you know, so like a, like a power saw is like 110, 120. So if you just run that for a while. Oh yeah. You could kill someone with a power saw. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a different case. File. <laughs> we'll get to that one. But just the sound of the saw running is that loud. So sure. after, if you continuously run a saw all day, you've, if you didn't have your hearing protection, you would right. realize, yeah, your ears are all fucked up. You're supposed to have, is it single at 60 and then above 100 is double? You're supposed to have double ear protection. That's what I, that's what I remember. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know if the rule is 100 is not super loud, but like a gunshot, like close range, like 140. Jet engines, 160. Yeah. Uh a grenade like, or an explosive at the epicenter, like 190, 200 will cause death. It'll just like the pressure of the sound waves will just kill you. Oof. And then like a sonic boom is like 213. So as, as I mentioned, so like every 10 is doubling. So if you think of like a sonic boom at 213 and then you uh, like the epicenter of an earthquake is like 240. How close would you have to stand to a sonic boom now? That's like the at the boom itself, like boom, oh, okay. like right when it booms. You gotta be like right. You gotta in be front standing. Dial's fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound like boom. Anyways, and then the loudest theoretically possible volume is three hundred and ten, and they would have said that would have been the volcan volcano at like uh, Krakatoa. Sure. And what it came up in the end was to actually disintegrate, like blow up someone's head, was about two hundred and forty decibels. Wow. I don't know. All what, right, play uh, it. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> We've got that sound right now. <laughs> and you're dead. You're all dead. <laughs> uh, Anyways, I just thought that I thought it was interesting because, like, what what if, like, what if we're just not, we're not even close? That maybe it'd be 400 years from now we do have like because we do there is like a lot of laser stuff now, right? Which is technically okay. a frequency of some kind, right? Light fre- Electromagnetic yeah. frequency. Light yeah. frequency. So like we're kind of onto it, like targeting certain cancers and stuff with these lasers or, I mean, they use them for kidney stones and obviously we don't have it to actually disintegrate cancer, but perhaps give it a hundred years, 200 years. So maybe at this time, I don't know when chemotherapy was invented. Long time ago. It has not been changed. So, I mean... <laughs> Cancer's terrible. Kill everyone knows someone infected by cancer. Um, so uh, that's why people say like, so because there's a lot of money made off of these type of things. So what if, what if he was onto something? If you're going a conspiracy route, all his work's been burned. His thing was never finished. That's all I got on that. And then, and they, yeah, the plans are gone. Yeah, I, it is interesting where it's like this thing is now just sit, you know, the, it's being discussed as a disco and no one knows where the plans were. And it seems like this guy, it, like when you're watching interviews with him, like he did interviews, 
aggressive interviews with Scottish hosts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we do know, like, we do have a history of ultrasound being effective in like t- tissue and like tendon healing. Yeah, right. It has some has some stuff to it. I think it has something to do with the heating of it, though. I'd have to look. I, I don't forget. I would not. I wouldn't even start to try and say I know anything about it. But it just seems like if everything does have a, like a resonant frequency. And you can harness that of such a thing and you can get it vibrating and kind of get to disintegrate or regenerate, in this case, your cells at the right frequency. Mm -hmm. That would seem like the most non-invasive healing or treatment. Or these fucking Venusians had just given this guy an earth ender that when he turned it on (laughs) at this point, like the resonant frequency just fucking destroyed earth. It starts vibrating earth. (laughs) Yeah. Done. Planet killer. Yeah, it's a it, it is a interesting evolution of the Integratron about what it kind of turned into. Originally, like I said, it was supposed to be a time machine and then turned into a, uh, a cellular rejuvenation machine based on the the pro- properties of electricity. I suppose. Um, I, what if like here's another thing? Not to make this go on any more than it has to, but like. Okay, so maybe it wouldn't be effective for stuff like cancer, but let's say it's like certain type of like uh, soft tissue injuries and stuff like that where time is the one thing that is going to heal this. Like a knee injury or something? Yeah, like t- that, and essentially that's like it's speeding up the time in the process. It, it, let's say you you have like fucking ham, a hamstring, a, a first, second degree hamstring tear. Right. You go in this machine, it speeds up the time and accelerates the healing. Oh, it like whatever it like. So it, it dials into the frequency of the injury and then it basically that it speeds up the time for that specific injury. That's interesting. But, that's a, but that ends up making you like two years older in the process. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. ages your whole body. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you walk you in and turn your hurt more like systemically. That's <laughs> oh, not great. You've deteriorated, it deteriorated, deteriorated like, more than it's worth. You walk out with a long um, beard. Actually, You go in there, you walk yeah. around, you come out with <laughs> one month beard. Crazy <laughs> Integratron. <laughs> oh, Miami feels good though. <laughs> yeah, I feel great, but my tinnitus is... Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> That thing would have been, yeah, that thing would have been fucking loud. Because Tesla coils are fucking loud. loud. Like those things are insanely loud. If anybody's ever been to like or watch videos. Yeah, like when they Tesla zap like show, that. Like those things are super loud. I love when they and make the Tesla have coil. things worrying around the aluminum collectors. Like I think it'd be loud as fuck. Have you seen when they make the Tesla coil like play metal songs with the frequencies? Yeah, cool. oh, it's so dope. Um, but those things are really, really loud, <laughs> louder than you think they are. Um, yeah, they, Andrew, they fucking have a Tesla coil and mm-hmm. they like program the frequencies, which make that the certain notes and they can play like metal songs and it sounds bad. Insanely loud. I want Yeah. And you could, you actually, you could program, program any song, but it'd just be zapping Ooh. sounds instead of. The timbre of the instrument would be a little different than guitar, but you you get the you get the idea of it. Yeah, it's rad. So yeah, so if you're ever in the San Bernardino uh, County, Southern California area, get us some pictures of the Integratron. <laughs> have you the been Integratron. to the Integratron? Have you? Yeah, have you been? There? Or just send us on a pod trip there. Send us, yeah, sponsor us <laughs> trip. Yeah, we'll go. Yeah, we <laughs> want to go to the disco. Happy rad. Yeah, that would have been a wicked disco. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so, if you've ever been there, let us know. Yeah, it's too bad it was never fully complete 
and actually put implemented. It should be. But I guess we, again we can't. But uh, they got. I mean, they've converted a lot of the inside. Like the inside is. More, I'm sure. They, it's, they, yeah, it's far away yeah. from his original vision. Yeah, it's uh, it's more targeted towards their uh, their concentration on the uh, the this the sound bath. Uh, yeah, yoga concept. studio now. Uh, yeah. Oh, that would be actually uh, that'd be a sweet place to yoga. I guess what they do. They have yoga classes and a whole bunch of stuff there. You know, somebody get us a picture of their their program. <laughs> as you go there. Hey, it's thirty thousand visitor visitors a year. They charge fifty dollars a person. I don't think so. I think it's not that oh. much. It's expensive. That's what it said on the website. Fifty dollars. The sound Holy bath. Shit. The sound Here's bath. A picture of the outside. Don't go inside. Don't pay fifty dollars. Buddy, we gotta we gotta get into the <laughs> sound this is a, bath business. This is a yeah. shared sound bath. Fifty dollars per person. I'm not fifty thousand people times fifty bucks. Man, they're making two point five million dollars a year. There's there's no way that wow. those all those wow. people don't no, they get the Integratron gets visitors, but that's like people who stop there. There's no way that all those people go inside <laughs> and get sound a sound bath. It's twenty eight dollars yeah. is twenty eight people in the sound bath at once. One hour session. How many sessions a day? It adds up. It does. I don't think, yeah, I, I don't, it's I doubt it's $50 for just to go see it, but. Hey, listen, uh, let me manage that place. Let's cut that hour down to 15 <laughs> minutes. All right. <laughs> you, play, you play all the, you shorten the sounds like all to like one little burst. Just like, yeah. <laughs> get out. Healed. <laughs> On the first session, you actually hurt their ears. You hurt their body yeah. with sound and they have to come back for another healing set. Oh, it's genius. Yeah. yeah. You just take well, the you whole sign them up for at least three. And then you just like short three sessions, short, tiny bursts, like a one second burst. <laughs> Perfectly balanced. That's <laughs> uh, the Integratron. That's Integratron. It's cool. All right. We got a theory of the week. We're going to give it to Bandito Frito <laughs> for the amazing uh, comparison to yours truly, Braden. With uh, mm. Brett, is it is it Gelman or Gelman? He's guys Gelman. guy from Stranger Things Gelman. with the beard, the balding. Yeah, you mean oh. to tell me they're not the same people? He, I mean, this is in, this is Brain in ten years. There's this is him. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Let me like honestly shoot Stranger Things uh, the casting crew because if they need a if they need a him stand like, in a stand in for or like a flashback when he was younger. That's you. I mean, right? here's my question. Have we ever seen them in the same room together, though? We have not. No. No, right. no you have not. I mean, his, <laughs> yeah, I could, his beard I could is a lot that. better than Braden's, but... He's, well, well, and Braden's well, got I gotta grow mine out, though. Yeah, but this guy doesn't even have a lip. This is how good his beard is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah this is true. It's just <laughs> it's a good, fucking yeah. face of hair. Uh, but thanks, uh, Kimberly. That gave us a good laugh. Yeah, it was funny. We loved it. Um, we got new merch. Me and Dan new merch. Wearing your, we love wearing our own merch. Uh, I'm obviously rocking the Mitra shirt, and Dan is rocking the Maester shirt. Uh, I like the quality. I like the designs. Um, you know, head to the merch store, grab yours today before they're uh, before they're gone. Well, they're all, they're always there. It does, the designs are different. Yeah. So if you're watching this right now, when this comes out. You're going to have one day. One day. Yeah. <laughs> one day to get that one. Do it. <laughs> awesome. And if you're not supporting the show, you know by now where to go. AlienTheorist.com. 
Skip those pesky ads. Support your favorite podcast. Support your boys. We'd appreciate it. This week's newest supporters. We got a year. An entire year. Woo! By Yim. Definitely not Tim. <laughs> guy's an OG beauty. Yep. Guy's been a fan for a long time. Good dude. Uh, we got Brian Hubbard. Wyatt Halliday. Daniel Colston. And Derek Dolph Zollinger. Love it. We got Jackson Kemp. Robert. Baracleti, Khaled Torres, Anthony, Harry Balls is back, Deborah Bushi, Michael Valeriana, Valeriana? I think I got that right. And Steve Ludden, thank you very much for supporting the show. Woo! And as we always say to these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in after hours. Rock, rock, rock.